him, unto him of the harame in the matter of immorality. Trita Martin, the mind being so given. Vidokya, seeing thus, Hitaram, unto the Father, Sutaha, sons, Marichi Mukyaha, headed by Marichi, Munayaha, sages, Vishrambat, with due respect. Patyad Bodhayan submitted as follows. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Thus, finding their fathers so deluded in the act of immorality, the sages headed by Marichi, all sons of Brahma, spoke as follows with great respect. Please repeat. Thus, finding their fathers so deluded, in an act of immorality, the sages headed by Marichi, all sons of Brahma, spoke as follows with great respect. The sages like Marichi were not in the wrong in submitting their protest against the acts of their great father. They knew very well that even though their father committed a mistake, there must have been some great purpose behind the show Otherwise, such a great personality could not have committed such a mistake. It might be that Brahma wanted to warn his subordinates about human frailties in their dealings with women. This is always very dangerous for persons who are on the path of self-realization. Therefore, great personalities like Brahma, even when in the wrong, should not be neglected, nor could the great sages headed by Marichi show any disrespect because of his extraordinary behavior. Bad Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Sharakaya Chakshu Unmilitam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurude Namaha Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Banacharine Prabhupada Lavaya Snigda Sila Vinodine Ajnana Dvantagramanam Paschate Paditatmanam Jnana Guru Taya Chitta Harine Chakshashe Namaha Pancha kapa turubhyascha kripa sindhu vevacha Atita nam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha Nama om Vishnu padaya Krishna pushtaya bhutale Srimate bhaktivedanta swaminiti namine Namaste sadhisvati deve govaravani pacharine Nirvishesha shunyavadi pashyachari satarine Jaya Sri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar, Shri Vasari Gauravata Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Thus finding their fathers so deluded in an act of immorality, the sages headed by Marichi, all sons of Brahma, spoke as follows with great respect. So we're going to hear this intervention of the great Lord Brahma, who is the most pious living entity in the universe. And yet, it's a great act of immorality. So, generally great souls, sages, saints, they teach by example. They teach by their instructions and their example. And sometimes, they teach what not to do, as well. So in this particular case, as Prabhupada said, 
said it might be that Brahma wanted to warn his subordinates about human frailties in their dealings with women. Of course, Prabhupada said, women is maya for men and men is maya for women. So we can forget. Now in the context of serving Krishna, it's, it's a very beautiful thing. It's perfect, serving Krishna together, whether in Grihastha Ashram or eternally in the spiritual world, there's men and women serving Krishna together. <clears throat> eternally. And that's the nature of spiritual variety in the different rasas, relationships. So this most pious person, Lord Brahma, is having an intervention because of he's deluded by acts of immorality. So who does this represent? Who is deluded by acts of immorality? All of us. <laughs> because the nature of this world, the basis is immoral because we've turned away from Krishna. So, in order to always be careful, the spiritual life is like a razor's edge. Always be careful. Sometimes these great souls, they teach by example what not to do in the frailties, the dangers of being in the material energy. And so Prabhupada says these great souls should not be neglected or disrespected. So we can understand that any person who is connected to God in God's service, that there is some purpose. Prabhupada said there must be some purpose behind this great show. Right? So anybody connected to God whether they be pure devotees or uh, serving with some motivation, but very pious. Of course, our particular Lord Brahma is a pure devotee, none other than Haridas Thakur. Now it's interesting because Brahma is deluded here, right? This is all done by the will of the Lord to teach us. Because those who are in, in, the, in the shelter of the Lord's lotus feet, who are under the, they're under the protection of the Lord, they actually can't fall down. So it's interesting, in, in Krishna consciousness, we gain a, a different perspective of things. And that's really the path of spiritual life, is um, changing our vision of everything, seeing things differently. Pandita Samadashina. And the great soul sees the spiritual essence of everyone. And so as in the Krishna consciousness movement, this is what we're doing. We're intervening. We have been intervened. We've had this intervention. Like Marichi is going to intervene here with Lord Brahma. We've had that happen to us. Do you remember when we came to Krishna consciousness? Somebody, the Bodhis intervened in our life. Because we were deluded by acts of immorality. And so similarly... We want to do the same for others. We want to help others. That is the compassionate nature of a devotee. Tatikshava Karunika. Tolerant, very merciful. Karunika. Srila Prabhupada, we say Prabhupada is an ocean of mercy. So this is our, our mission, is to intervene in the lives of people who don't know what to do. They're deluded. Unless they're in the trap 
of the material energy. And then this must be done with a mood of compassion. So what circumstances um, and what is our what should be our what should be our perception of this pursuit of helping others? Well, there's a nice example is if we are a servant of somebody and the house is burning, then we go to our master, we wake them up and say, the house is burning, please wake up. You're in great danger. And we are still seeing this person as our master. They may be sleeping, we may be awake. But when we go to deliver the fallen souls, we're still thinking of them Pandita Samadarshinaha was thinking of them as a pure spirit soul. So we're thinking of them as our master. And like there's a fire, people are suffering, people are in danger. And so we go to, to wake them. We have this intervention. So we're seeing them as pure spirits, souls, pure jivas. And we want to intervene and help them. But it's interesting because Rupa Goswami, he says one of the, the qualities of a pure devotee is that they've lost the propensity to criticize others. So it could seem that Marichi, oh, he must, he's going to reproach Lord Brahma. He must be criticizing. So when, when is it okay? What is the mood of intervention? Well, the mood is, first of all, if we have compassion, if, we're, if we want to see them as persons that are suffering, that need help. We have compassion. And also, that we want to help. If our intention is we want to help somebody, if our, our intention is that we want to serve somebody, like it's our, it's our duty right, to, to serve and to help. So sometimes uh, we're in a particular situation where we need, we must help. We must help. We must have an intervention. Sometimes this is necessary to serve. So we must examine our heart when we intervene, when we're looking at something negative. What is in our heart? Is there any envy there? Is there any pride there? Am I wanting to intervene because because maybe I'm seeing, I'm like looking in the mirror and I'm seeing actually my own qualities. I'm seeing my own anartas. And maybe that's frustrating. That's natural that that would be frustrating, right? Because in the path of spiritual life, we want to cleanse our heart from the anartas. So maybe we're frustrated because we see the negative qualities that we still may have in our heart. And so we do something out of frustration. This is reasonable. So anytime that we, we think negative about a situation or somebody, um, and before intervening, we must examine what is our intention. And a devotee wants to see the best in everyone. A devotee does see the best in everyone. The devotee doesn't want to criticize and find fault. So, today is the disappearance day of Raghunandana and Bhamsi Bhatt 
Vamsidas Babaji. And Vamsidas Babaji, he's a good example of someone that someone in a neophyte stage might criticize, but he's actually a completely pure devotee of the Lord. Vamsidas Babaji, he was a contemporary of Bhattisiddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj. And he was in the mood of spontaneous love for Krishna. Spontaneous love. Um, King Pachaparuja, as Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, when the devotees came to Puri, he said, why are these devotees not going to the temple of Jagannath performing um, <clears throat> necessary duties such as bathing and fasting and shaving like one must do before going to the temple? Why are they simply going to get the Mahaprasadam and bringing them to the devotees, to, to Mahaprabhu? And Sarvabhauman Bhattacharya explained, there are two paths. One is the path of regular principles, and the other one is the path of ecstatic love. Ecstatic love for Krishna. Now it's interesting in this connection um, that this can be misinterpreted. Just as we have the history of the Gopi Baba Club, which Prabhupada, uh, he put a stop to. This Gopi Baba Club, all they would do is read about the gopis, and they would only attend Tulsi Puja, they wouldn't, they wouldn't attend the rest of Mangalarti. And so Prabhupada said, why are you jumping like monkeys? So, so this is like the Sahaja mood. It's, it's artificial because they haven't actually dedicated themselves to the Lord and developed these, this real ecstatic love based on this dedication. Also, it's interesting that there's still the day some devotees who, they say, oh, I'm on the Raganuga path. Some devotees say, I'm on the Raganuga path. So this is, now we have to understand what does Raganuga mean? Raganuga means that what we're doing is we're doing to please Krishna. We're doing to please Guru. And Prabhupada said this one quote, he said, obedience is the first law of discipline. We are thinking of a great worldwide organization which is not possible to be executed if there is disobedience. So the idea is that we are to be a beacon to the world. And Mahaprabhu, he said to Haridas Thakur, he said, you are a perfect preacher. You are achar and prachar. Achar means you teach by example. You are the perfect example because you live the teachings and you, and you preach and you speak those teachings. So you are perfect. Krishna consciousness is meant to be a beacon for the world. And so we must set the example of following purely Srila Prabhupada. Now if somebody says, I'm on the path of Raghunuga Bhakti, and I don't have to chant 16 rounds, do we think this is pleasing to Prabhupada? How do we please Krishna as followers of Srila Prabhupada? We please, we please Krishna by pleasing his devotee. Das, das, anudas. So, we must understand what Raghunuga Bhakti means. It means to please Krishna. And so, in that case, what would mean pleasing Krishna? It means chanting minimum 16 rounds, following the four regular principles. Do you think it would please Sri the Prabhupada if we said, I'm on the path of Raghunuga and we stopped chanting 16 rounds? We're not setting an example? Someone may say, Well, I'm, I'm singing to the Lord all day. I'm, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm chanting the Maha Mantra all day. 
But still, the life and soul of a devotee is follow the instructions of the guru. So this is Raganuga. Raganuga means to want to please the guru. Right? It doesn't mean artificially abandoning the instructions of the guru. It means to embrace the instructions of the guru as one's life and soul. And it's interesting because I somehow saw a conversation where devotees were criticizing Radha Swami. Because Radha Swami, he paid his obeisances to a memorial of Kirtananda Maharaj. Now we know, many of you know the, the history of Kirtananda Maharaj. He did some very bad things. Not just immoral, but like breaking the law, like criminal, exactly. Now, however, have these devotees read Bhagavad Gita? Even if one commits the most abominable action, if he is engaged in devotional service, he is to be considered saintly because he is properly situated in his determination. He quickly becomes righteous and attains lasting peace. O son of Kunti, declare it boldly that my devotee never perishes. Now, these devotees, Prabhupada said that his Guru Maharaj sent these devotees. These are not ordinary souls. However, think about how much progress we've made as an organization because of these early fall downs. We've established, uh, we've developed ISKCON law to protect the devotees. We've developed child protection. Like, this has really motivated ISKCON to get these things together. We've had deep realization as a movement that spiritual qualification has nothing to do with position, power, or popularity. Devotional service has absolutely nothing to do with that. Devotional service means in the heart. Did you know that when people come to a holy place, they leave their simple reaction? And then when a saintly person comes to that holy place, they absolve those reactions. So where is the holy place? Is it a physical location? No. A holy place means where a devotee has love for Krishna in their heart. So developing our spiritual life means to have perception of what it means to be spiritual. What something means to be holy. That's what... That's what the change of consciousness means. And so, so we can understand that these early fall downs in the movement, this, everything has a purpose when connected to the Lord. See, that's the main lesson of this particular verse. Everything has a purpose in connecting with the Lord. And you know what? Rana Swami was not seeing the externals. He saw the service he did, and Krishna never forgets the service you do. There's no loss. In other words, Krishna recognizes everything we do, and there's no loss. Krishna never forgets anything we do. So did he see the external? Did he see the crime? This is a great crime. What the Lord Brahma is lust, lustfully um, approaching his daughter. But this is arranged by the Lord so that we can, um, we can 
avoid such pitfalls of bodily attachment. So we can also understand Krishna always has a purpose when he comes, when he comes to this world. And actually, Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains that every single demon in Krishna's Leela, they represent different anartas in our heart. And these demons are not ordinary souls because they have direct association with the Lord. And so Krishna, he, he, he asked the demigods, he said, please take birth in the family of the Pandavas, or the Kauravas. Dhritarashtra is a great example because Dhritarashtra, he plays the part of of a, you know, an evil person. And Dhritarashtra, he was actually a great soul. And Dhritarashtra, we learn from that situation that the family attachment, if it takes us away from Krishna consciousness, it can be very, very dangerous. Right? That's what that's what Dhritarashtra teaches us because he. He wouldn't, even though he knew what the right thing to do was, he was so attached to his son, Duryodhana, that he would not give in to do the right thing and give, their, give the Pandavas their share of, of the, the kingdom. And so the scriptures and and all these pastimes, they're there to, to allow us to learn for ourselves how to become a better devotee. That's what they're there for. Or to help others. To help others. To serve others. Um, they're not there for us to, to fault find. See, in Vedic culture, there's always respect for elders. Even Dhritarashtra. They kept him in the in the castle even after the Pandavas won the war. They they didn't kick him out. They kept him there, and that's why Vidura came. Vidura said, "This is this is just pathetic. You've just been defeated by the Pandavas. Now you're living like a kept dog in the house of the Pandavas." He went. Did he go to find fault? Was there any anartas in his heart? Was there anything negative? Was there envy there? Pride? Lust? No, he went out of compassion to help his brother, Dhritarashtra. And so, yeah, all these pastimes, all these situations are there to help us learn. And who is Haridas Thakur? He's said to be an incarnation of Lord Brahma. And remember Haridas Thakur, he was approached by the prostitute, right? <laughs> this prostitute who was so proud that she could seduce anyone. And he turned her into a pure devotee. This same Brahma that was trying to seduce his daughter or trying to approach his daughter for sex, he completely passed the test of the prostitute. So, we should all offer all respects to the great, the great souls and learn from them for ourselves. Always be respectful. Always offer our respects, our full obeisances. Um, pray for the mercy of the great souls. And rectify ourselves, as Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Goswami Maharaj says. says, one should not pry into the frailties of others. 
We all have frailties. We all have conditioning. We should amend ourselves, look within and amend ourselves. In Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he says, although I am honeycombed with faults, I still want to find the faults in others. So all these examples are meant for us to go deeper into our connection and our service and be in the right mood when, when dealing with inebrieties in this world, be in the right mood, approaching things with the right consciousness, and trying to see the best in everyone. Because Krishna sees the essence. Krishna sees the spiritual essence of all of us. And so being Krishna conscious means to also see the spiritual essence of everyone. And that will help us in our Krishna consciousness. We can each reach the platform of Uttama Adhikari, the highest level of devotion, when we get free of the tendency to criticize others, to find faults in others. Now, some position, in position of management, position of guru, there has to be that finding fault for the purpose of rectification and the purpose of protection. To protect ourselves and the community and to help somebody become rectified and change their ways and be situated um, on the path of Krishna consciousness. So it's really beautiful, actually, in ISKCON Law, because I'm taking an ISKCON Law course um, right now. There's a, a really beautiful, um, I guess, law <laughs> that persons, there's different committees formed to recognize all the devotees who have taken spiritual initiation, and those who have fallen down to help them come back to Krishna consciousness, which I think is right in the mood of Srila Prabhupada and our parampara. That helping others come back to Krishna consciousness. Because if we once sincerely surrender to the Lord, the Lord never forgets. And so as soon as we are back on the path, we can go full steam ahead where we left off, Krishna consciousness. So that's the um, blessings of the Lord, causeless mercy of the Lord. So, well, in here, does anybody have any questions? Yeah. Thank you. First, uh, <clears throat> Lord Brahma is creating not a small being, the whole universe many universes and as a result of doing that as he is in the mode of passion he enjoys his pure devotion some mistake are but he has done so many good things and so running after his daughter is can signify that living beings even though they are very very great Balavan Indriya Grama the Brahmsa Pikarsati even great, great sage, learned person can be bewildered by his powerful senses. So you can take that way. And you said that uh, holy places are not physical location, but also physical location because we have so much love for Vrindavan, Mayapur, Jagannath, and so many other places. 
Yeah, so um, you're right because, like, for instance, Krishna personally walked in Vrindavan and he personally formed pastimes there. <laughs> right. But it can be very covered, and that sanctity can be almost lost based on being covered by persons who um, are very sinful. And like Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, there are four kinds of people that never surrender him. The grossly foolish, the lowest of mankind, those whose knowledge has been stolen by illusion, and those who, who participate in the atheistic nature of the de- demon, or the um, demons, they never surrender to the Lord. And so you're, you're right. Um, but what makes, it, what makes a place holy is, is Krishna and the devotees. That's, that's the main thing. Like for instance, Prabhupada said, he said, the deity is installed when the worship is regular. So Krishna manifests when there's love and devotion present. So if you have a deity just sitting collecting dust, yes, the form is not different to the Lord, but there's no one there to perceive that that's the case, right? So more or less, it's dormant. So you're right. Um, there are places that are, are holy, but it's by it's because the Lord is the Lord has walked there. Devotees have um, have performed loving devotional service. That's what makes it holy. So um, there's this actually actually I'd like to read I think this on my phone, but there's one verse that says. If there is Vaishnav Ninda or, or Vaishnav Aparad, that assembly of devotee becomes worse than a drunkard's party. So you have an assembly of, of devotees. If there's Aparad, then that place is worse than a, a drunkard's party. So that's a very strong, um, very strong statement. So um, we're dealing with something very sacred, the Lord's temple and the devotees. And so um, to be conscious of this is going to help us in our spiritual life and to keep us on the path. Anything else? Like uh, the water of Ganga is always considered pure because... Has thus the lotus feet of the Lord. Yeah. Even though people put all kinds of values in it, it is also scientifically proven that the water always pure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Gantara Shima Bhagavatam Kija, Shida Prabhupada Kija, Gaur Pramananda.